as I said, uh, uh, we're going to go to the Heidelberg Catechism, and I've uh, shared that already. But then also, it's important to know that I'm going to be going primarily through Romans. Now, uh, the, the texts in Romans are going to kind of try to match up with the Heidelberg Catechism. We, we read from 14, 7 through 9, but we're going to be jumping all around. We're not going to be going what they call a, 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 a Lectio Continuum. We're just going to be trying to stay in Romans um, and walking through the Heidelberg Catechism. Uh, that's going to be, I have it marked out for the next couple months. Um, and we're going to try to get to the base of what our faith is. These things that we believe, these things that are so crucial that we might take for granted, that we might not know, we actually believe. This is the beauty of, of, of those who have gone before us that have wrote things like catechisms and confessions of faith. So, jump to verse 7, please. This is a hard verse. This is a hard verse. Because I don't know if we actually buy into the depth of what this verse is telling us. For no one, for none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. We're Americans, right? It's okay if you're not. It's that I would assume that everyone in this, in this room is an American. And uh, we have the fortunate history, and then it's actually a fairly recent history, a uh, little less than 250 years of our forefathers that have gone before us and have made their way and done courageous things. You know, anything from, from building the Panama Canal to fighting the Revolutionary War, literally taking on a country, writing out the Declaration of Independence to, to abolishing slavery, things that, that is a part of our DNA. And then when you learn in history as a little young kid, you, you realize that we make our way, right? Am I, am I right? That's a pretty common baseline in who we are. And I think that that's good as a country. I think that's good. I'm not knocking it. But I think it influences our relationship with Jesus. You see, we believe that every man is created equal. The Declaration of Independence, right? And so that gives us a sense of, you're there, I'm here, you make your way, I make my way, and that's good. But the problem is, is that type of economy doesn't work with our Lord. It just doesn't. tell you a quick story. I'm not prone to watching Larry King when he was on television. That may have come as a surprise to you, may not, I don't know, but I never really watched Larry King much. But there was one time, at one just off chance, I was flipping through the channels, I started, I turned on to Larry King. And for those younger folks who don't know who Larry King, he's a CNN, he had a, a talk show host, right? Steve, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, he wore suspenders, that's why I'm making this gesture. He wore suspenders and he would talk. And he, he had on this uh, pastor from uh, California. His name's John MacArthur. Anyone familiar with who John MacArthur is? John MacArthur is a, a kind of an older time, uh, a reformed, um, old school, biblical scholar, pastor kind of guy. He wrote, wrote a bunch of commentaries and stuff. And anyhow, he had him on. And they were talking about, of all things, Jesus Christ. 
And it was, you know, immediately that's what drew my attention to this. Was, I was like, how is this going to be navigated? And Larry King thought he painted John MacArthur in the corner. And he said, now you tell me this. He goes, you mean to tell me that someone who's a child molester, who goes and, and does horrible things and then uh, asks for forgiveness and, and draws upon the Lord that God could actually save him? And the person who does good things all of their life but never really uh, lives into Christ, the response to who Christ is in their life, would go to hell? You mean to tell me that's what it is? And John MacArthur's like, yeah, I believe that is what our God says and does and who he is and what he will do. And, 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 and kind of smugly, Larry King pulls back and he's like, ah, ha, ha, that's not just, that's not just to me. That doesn't make sense to me, is what Larry King said. And John MacArthur says, you do not want the Lord's justice. You do not want the Lord's justice. You want his grace. You are pleading for mercy. That's what you need. You see, on some level, what that does, what John MacArthur's statement, which, by the way, I thought was bold, but it's not new to us, but it's what the world does not hear, what the world does not see. What it shows us is, is that you do not come to the Lord bearing anything. I ask you the question, how much of a percent do you think your actions play a role in your relationship with God? 5%? 10%? How about this? How much does your actions, percentage-wise, play a role in your salvation? 5%? 10%? 100%? This text right here in Romans, if we go to the very depth of the bookend of life and death, you do not out of your own will get born. And you not out of your own will necessarily die. It is in the will of God's hand that these things happen. And I can't tell you enough how uncomfortable this is, to tell this to certain people who really, really want this on their own shoulders, really want control of whatever comes their way. And I'm reminded immediately back to what John MacArthur says. You do not want what's coming your way, no matter how good you actually are. You see, this might sound like a very difficult passage. This might sound like a very difficult sermon. For if we live, we live to the Lord. Next verse. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. I'll say it from time to time. And I'll say, I believe that you are in the righteous right hand of Jesus Christ. And whether you live or whether you die, if you're united to Christ, there is no better place to be. This is what the Heidelberg Catechism is telling us. 
What is our only comfort in life and in death? The only comfort is, is it's not on you. It is absolutely not on you. It is on the one human being who lived, died a perfect life and received a death and punishment for your sake. The magnificent exchange is what you would see in Calvin. You are claimed by him. You are grabbed by him. So that whether you live or whether you die, you get the opportunity to live into the fact that he has claimed you. The fact that he has grabbed you and he's not going to let you go. You see, for those who want to claim autonomy, I, I, I was a college minister. I gotta be careful because one of my former college students is, is here. But I don't think this will come as a surprise. We want our autonomy, we want control, we want to have a say in our lives what comes and what goes. And I think what this text is telling you is, is that's just never going to be the case. That's never, ever going to be the case. You can go get a college degree and get a good job, build a nice house, live comfortably. Yeah, you did it. You made your way in that way. But did you decide to live? And then can't God come in and sweep and take that life from you? Can't he not? I think that's what this is saying. That whether you live or whether you die, you die, you do it in Christ. You see, I got, a, I got another story about how this is so. My mother, um, we went to Virginia Beach one time. And uh, I, bought, I had this little electronic car. And uh, I wanted to take it on the beach, basically. It's just this little tiny thing. You just turn on the little tiny toggle switch and, and it, it would go. And I wanted to take that to the beach. And you see, my mother came up to me and she says, you shouldn't do that. Sand is going to get, and it's going to get ruined. I didn't listen to my mother. I didn't pay attention. I hid it in my pocket, swim trunks. My mother knew. I wasn't super fly, you know. It wasn't that I was this ninja. I was able to hide a little stomper car in my pocket. No, my mother knew. But she allowed me to go and make my own way. Sure enough, she was a prophet. She spoke prophecy into my life that day. That truck stopped within seconds of being on that beach. I mean seconds. And of course, what did I do? Got up, ran over to my mother, crying because my truck was seized up. It wasn't going. And what did she do? She's my mother. She hugged me. And of course she went up to tell me, didn't I tell you that was going to happen? You see, this is the autonomy that God affords us. God allows us to walk through this life. That it doesn't necessarily mean he ordains every single step and path of your life. But whether you live or die, the things that are of great significance, you have no control over. He has claimed you, and he has drawn you to him. 
Galatians 2.20 says it, and you've been around me enough to know that I've quoted this often. I've been crucified, crucified with Christ and I no longer live. The life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. It is a very, very important text to me. Why it's important to me is, is that I need to recognize that my autonomy doesn't exist. I need Christ to live through me. I need him to literally pour out of my pores. I need him to be much greater and I need to be much lesser. I need him to completely take me over and I need him to vanquish my will, vanquish my desires. This is what this text is talking about. If you, if you remember the, the, the second question in the Heidelberg Catechism, what must we know? What, it's not a matter of having to know it is what makes you uh, saved. Knowing it is a recognition of your worship. My goodness, I was in the mire. I was junk. And it's only through Christ that saves me. It pulls me out of that junk. It pulls me out of the horror and the terror. You see, this might sound still frustrating to you. This might sound problematic to you. It may not. Everyone might, might be saying amen. But I know people that would say, but I want to make my way. I want my righteousness to be designated to me. But I want to tell you, Jesus' will is absolute. He leaves nothing up to chance. He works his will through you, whether you like it or not. That car was going to seize up on the sand whether I wanted to or not. There was nothing that I was going to be able to do that was going to stop that from happening except for listen and allow my mother's will to stand through. You see, whether we live or whether we die, we need to destroy our autonomy from Jesus and be known only in him be known only in who he is. That is the comfort. That is the comfort that we have in life and in death that you no longer live. I'll tell you why this is even more encouraging. And it goes back to what John MacArthur said. It is at the basis of our gospel. You do not want to be punished, not only for the sins that you've committed in your actions, you do not want to be punished for the sins in your heart. The things that, the dialogue that you've said about people and the things that you've thought, you don't want that. You do not want to have control in front of your Lord and be and brought before Him saying, I know the sin that you've confessed, but what about the sin you haven't confessed? Uh, you do not want that. You want his life, not yours. And that is the encouragement of the gospel. When I come up here and I say, if, I, if you hear anything that I tell you, ever hear anything, anything ever that I tell you, it is in Jesus Christ that you are forgiven. That is the basis of our gospel, is the fact that we live and die in his will through the good times and the bad times. He has us in his righteous right hand. What are we called to do? We are called to seek him, to understand him through this. That's Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy upon us. Let us come to you, worship you, 
and relinquish our control.